WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. We noted the previous hour this strange juxtaposition, a real-life hurricane now coming ashore in the Carolinas, but a political hurricane in a way, the back-and-forth between the President of the United States and people in Puerto Rico over the federal response to the tragic hurricane of last year, and the President disputing, calling it fake news, uh, the uh, tabulation of, of the uh, fatalities, but Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan saying there's no reason to dispute the accuracy of what we have been offered by way of a death toll. I, I mean, who could make this stuff up? It, again, one of those surreal days, uh, news cycles. With us live, Peter Baker, Senior White House Correspondent, The New York Times, NYTimes.com. And uh, Peter, uh, from your vantage point, why and how is this all coming down now? Well, this is a president who is told he needs to project leadership during a crisis to focus on the millions of people who are in the path of the storm. And from time to time, he has actually managed to do that. He's talked to given pretty uh, forceful messages telling people to get out of the way and uh, listen to their local authorities and reassuring people that the government will be on top of it. But he can't restrain himself for long. When it, you know, he just he just can't stop fighting with his opponents, and uh, he's very upset that anybody thinks that things didn't go well in Puerto Rico last year. And though, even though that's the consensus among almost everybody who's taken a look at it, it's certainly people who live there. And he's out there on the Twitter this morning, you know, arguing about the death toll, blaming it on his opponents, uh, all these kinds of things that distract from the sort of more central priority at the moment, which is uh, dealing with Hurricane Florence. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be interesting because, of course, coverage of the hurricane is going to more or less trump coverage of uh, any political hurricanes in Washington for the next several days. Again, unless the president makes some statements about this hurricane or the previous one uh, that invite this kind of conversation. Yeah, it, here we are again, right? I feel like it's some kind of deja vu all over again. Uh, it's 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 uh, he 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 lives in a, a different uh, set of uh, uh, understanding about things that that other people do. He said that three thousand people didn't die in Puerto Rico, even though that's the accepted official toll according to the island and according to uh, people who study this. Uh, he said it's just an invention of his opponents. That's the way he. He looks at it rather than, uh, you know, a measure of this island's devastation. He looks at it through this political lens. And no, no less than Puerto Rico's governor put out a statement just a little while ago expressing offense at this, saying no one should uh, question our suffering for our political purposes. We can't allow the devastation of our citizens to be questioned. We can't allow the response efforts to be politicized. So, uh, you know, the president wants to have a fight because that's that's the way yeah. he operates. I mean, to be fair, polling Puerto Rico, from what I'm aware, uh, people in Puerto Rico pretty much uh, blame all levels of government for the sure. lackluster response, not just Absolutely. the Trump administration. Uh, there are people, too. Absolutely, and there were lots of reasons why the... The response there, uh, you know, was more challenging than, say, the hurricanes that uh, happened elsewhere in the, in the southern continental United States last year. But rather than uh, saying that, you know, here are the lessons we've learned from Puerto Rico and we're going to apply them to the future, the president wants to tell everybody that the reality that they saw on the television screens isn't the reality. He says we, we got uh, high marks. Everybody thinks it was a, you know, an unsung, incredible success story. Uh, and it, it sounds to people who, who spend any time on the island, and certainly as residents there, would be out of touch. Do you have any idea about the administration's FEMA's planned response to what surely is going to be a major uh, period of devastation over several days? Well, you know, look, uh, I mean, FEMA is, uh, regardless of what the president does or says, FEMA 
has been doing this for many, many years. Uh, the director that the president has put in place uh, does have, uh, you know, a lot of respect among uh, people who do this professionally. And so, yeah, they pre-positioned equipment and, and supplies, and they've obviously had several days to implement the states have at least these evacuation orders. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, the path of the storm has gone a little more south than people expected. Uh, it's only a Category 2 now, not as strong as it once was, so it's possible that uh, uh, the worst, uh, you know, projections won't be realized, but we won't know for a little while. Don't we have a, a little FEMA scandal going on, though, at the same time? We do. The director of FEMA, who, again, does have, uh, you know, respect for his ability, has gotten caught up in his uh, investigation of his use of government cars uh, going back and forth to, to North Carolina. And that will, you know, that will be a topic of conversation, obviously, as we focus on the way he handles his hurricane. Yeah, well, hopefully he isn't deflected by that. I mean, there's more important things right now. So, uh after all the remarkable disclosures, the Woodward book, uh, the guessing now about the anonymous uh, op-ed source, uh, where is all that now in, in terms of the buzz in Washington? Well, what you've got, you know, obviously you still have the parlor game going on here, uh, who it could be, who it might be. Everybody's denied it. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, Mark Felt denied being deep throat for 30 years, and it turns out he, that was him. But uh, what it means is you've got a White House right now with an increasingly shrinking circle of people that the president feels he can trust. Um, I think any president would feel pretty burned at the idea that people around him, not only that they're trying to you know, restrain him or, 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 or keep him from making decisions that they think are bad, to some extent that happens in every White House. But to have one actually say so in public like this, even anonymously, and portray themselves as the saviors of the country, that's a pretty hard thing for him to swallow. And I think he's upset. He's, he's given volcanic rages. Uh, there's talk of whether there should be lie detector tests. And he's looking around a room. He's wondering who it could be. Attorney General Sessions, of course, as we know, is on a short leash, hanging on a string metaphorically. But it looks like uh, Mad Dog Mattis is in trouble with the president now as well. He isn't tough enough. Well, you know, he sat, the president tends to sour on people after a while, and I think that uh, I think he hired, he appointed uh, Jim Mattis to be defense secretary, partly because of that nickname you mentioned, Mad Dog, he had the impression of somebody uh, who was, you know, a fierce warrior, and Jim Mattis is a fierce warrior, but he's also a very professional soldier, not one who actually lives up to this Mad Dog uh, nickname, at least not the way the president uh, uh, imagined he has tried to restrain the president from some of his more, uh, you know, impulsive decisions and uh, you know the president's kind of gone along with it for a while but uh, at some point that begins to wear let me uh, end this interview just asking about uh, the whole foreign affairs arena whether it be trade or, or military uh, the uh, so far unsuccessful US Canada trade negotiations and of course always worried about uh, greater trade war with China and then uh, meanwhile the Chinese and the Russians uh, more or less uh, I guess uh, showing a proverbial finger to the U.S. if you want to look at it that way with these massive military exercises. Yeah, first time that I think the Russia has done military exercises with a country outside of its former orbit, outside of the former Soviet Union. Uh, at least in some in some years, and it's no question it's meant to send a message that uh, they don't plan to uh, accept the idea of a U, what they call a unipolar world run by America, and um, that's obviously worrisome. And the, and, the, and the trick is here that these these trade wars, the the tariffs and so forth, have an impact not just on economic relations, which is one thing, but also on the geopolitical relations. They they come at the same time we have these disputes with China 
and Russia over other issues in which we, you know, we need them or we want to impact or influence their behavior. So these are all complicated and affecting each other in ways that uh, uh, would challenge any president, I think. Yeah, I, I got to ask you, I just thought of this. You really think Ted Cruz is in trouble? I mean, it's Texas after all. It's Texas after look, So many cycles we've heard Democrats say optimistically, you know, gosh, finally the blue, uh, you know, Texas is going to turn blue. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. And they've always been disappointed. Now, demographically, you look at those numbers, you say eventually it's, it, that's likely to be yes. the case because the number of of Democrats and, and, and minorities and and, and, uh, and liberal voters seems to be on the rise. But whether it be this year or not, I don't know. I, I you know I think Ted Cruz still has a, uh, great advantages as the incumbent uh, yeah. in a conservative state. It would truly be the upset of upsets, I think. Uh, I think it would be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a whirlwind uh, tour here of of, <laughs> uh, of stories in the news. Thank you so much, Peter. Enjoyed it. Hey, always great talking to you. Great talking to you, Peter Baker, senior White House correspondent, the New York Times, NYTimes.com. Live from Washington here on WDEF.